Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the award-winning Great Indoors is proud to come to the fabulous Las Vegas Convention Center, MWC 2022. Baby, let's make it amazing. Thank you, Frank. Yes, of course, this is season five of TGI. And here in fabulous Las Vegas as the GSMA's official podcast. I am joined by a cornucopia of guests from across the industry. And of course, my producer and co-pilot, Larissa Yee. Now, this is the fifth episode of some of the incredible conversations that we captured at North America's biggest telecoms and technology show. And in this episode, I sit down with the GSMA Limited's CEO, John Hoffman, and the GSMA's CMO, Laura Dewar. Now, we had John as a guest a year ago in Los Angeles when we were very much still in the COVID pandemic. So being able to connect with him and Laura in a post-COVID world and talk about how the GSMA has evolved and adapted was simply fascinating. I also sit down with Adam Schink from BT. Now, Adam heads up startup scouting investment and innovation at BT Americas. And we talk about some of the interesting startups he's seen that he's been scouting for and he's been speaking to. It's, it's great stuff. So buckle up and let's get started. This is the penultimate uh, episode of The Great Indoors today on day one of MWC 2022 here in fabulous Las Vegas. And I'm really proud to be joined by the GSMA's CEO, John Hoffman, uh, who's a former guest on the show uh, before, and Lara Dewar, the, the Chief Marketing Officer from the GSMA as well. So I'd like to welcome you both to The Great Indoors. Delighted Please. to be here. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah. Great to be back. Great, really great to be back. I remember that was our mantra mm -hmm. last year. It was. And so far, what are your thoughts on Las Vegas as, as the host city? Because the last conversation we had, John, you alluded to this is where it would be coming. Right. I remember we instantly started getting excited about the prospect of coming to Las Vegas. So it's day one. How do you feel about uh, Vegas so far? Yeah, we're thrilled. Uh, you know, this this new facility, and I just met Mayor Goodman. She just joined us. She's going to give a keynote in a few minutes. And she said, I want you to come back. I want you to be bigger than CES. And I promised her that we would. I said, you know, I travel around the world and I, I do this, you know, kind of for a living. And this is the most magnificent exhibition center it's incredible. that I've seen in the world. And uh, we just had a board meeting on Monday and I said the same thing. Yeah. So this coupled with Resorts World, which is, you know, a block and a half away. Yeah. Uh, just a, phen a phenomenal opportunity for us to come in here. And we're really, really excited. Great first day. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. And yourself, Laura, what do you think? The same. So this is the first time I've been to our North American edition of MWC. Okay. Yeah. So uh, what a great one to get to be part of, to John's point, the, the facility, the city. And there still remains this kind of uh, gratitude to be together, even though we're a few months almost post-pandemic. It just it feels so good to be together. And people are really happy to be here. I don't know if it's the sunshine or something about Las Vegas but there's a really good energy here yeah yeah and I think as well there's what we're seeing the pandemic is in the rear mirror people are, are kind of gradually coming back to things they haven't gone straight back into it and and I think Las Vegas is something that incentivizes people to come out to it. it's mm -hmm. that it's got that kind of draw as a city right as far as people want to come here how has your strategy changed as an organization 
in regard to events since the pandemic? I don't think it's really changed. Uh, I, I do believe that over the last few years, you know, we adapted to a bit of a hybrid format. But we do think still that there is a great interest in face-to-face -face, uh, getting back together again. Yeah. Uh, you know, the pandemic really just accentuated what we were already doing in terms of, of extending our reach, you know, through our Mobile World Live platform. Yeah. So we continued that. Obviously, during the heights of the pandemic, we went fully virtual, almost fully virtual. But, you know, we think that pendulum has has shifted. Uh, we kept the fire burning, mm -hmm. you know, over the last couple of years. And, and now it's starting, the flame is starting to come back again. And, and people just, they have a smile on their face, yeah. you know, a spring in their step. Yeah. They want to be back out. Now, will we be back to pre-pandemic levels in 23? I'm not sure yet, but because parts of the world is, is are still, still very much yeah. Yeah, constrained. But we're seeing a lot of interest and uh, you know we're just thrilled. So our strategy really hasn't shifted. I do think that there are some products and services that are, are better served by, by a virtual format or a remote format, and that's great. But there's others that you, know, you really need to sit across the table uh, like, yeah. like we are right here. Yeah, yeah, uh, we yeah. could have done it virtually, but you know, it's so much better seeing each other and, yeah. and talking into these microphones. Yeah. And, and you know, boss, our organization and my boss were thrilled with Barcelona this mm -hmm. year. Thrilled. And the Amdocs booth was, was incredible and the energy that it gave all our teams was, was really phenomenal. So what's your thoughts then, Laura, on moving forward now with events and, and, and marketing uh, in your capacity? I think you're both right. I think, um, I think you can't build relationships as well as you can unless you're in person. This show and this whole series is really all about getting business done and uh, establishing trust and relationship happens in person. And then on top of it, there's those, there are those serendipitous moments that happen because you're walking through a conference center and you wouldn't have thought of that technology or that person. And I, so I think, you know, just very much around the central notion of bringing people together, convening that, and then the policy tracks in a couple of our shows. Mm -hmm. Again, bringing policymakers together in order to talk about kind of where we need to be from whether it's investment or regulation, etc. Just yeah. you have to be in the same room. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Now I have to compliment you on this, honestly, because. What we do as a marketing organization within our, uh, within our company is we want our sales guys here, we want our people here, we want them speaking. And it wasn't that difficult to get them here this year. Now, we talked about how great Las Vegas is as a city, but what a lineup you had of speakers this year. Really, because every week it seemed to get bigger and better and bigger and better. And we were briefing our sales guys, and then we did another final brief, and it, it like quadrupled and they were all our key people from our customers at T-Mobile uh, and Verizon uh, and we had Jeff Luang from AT&T with us. Uh, how did you do it this year? Fantastic lineup, really the best. It's all Laura. Yeah. <laughs> well, Laura? I, I think that over the years what John and his team have done is build this amazing platform that becomes hugely desirable, that the best of the best want to be here. The leaders, the innovators, the creative creators, the ideators, they, they know this is the place to be. And so we have this wonderful platform and brand that's been built over time. So also, by the way, thank you for that, mm -hmm. for that compliment because um, we hope to continue that for many more years to come.
No, it really is great. And and I always thought, you know, living in North America now, and you know, where we as an organisation do business and our customers, that this was just a natural place for business to happen in North America in in our industry because there was always a lot of reluctance to take long haul travel. Some companies have a stricter travel policy for their staff. I looked at it this year and then we saw the amount of T-Mobile people that were here and it's clearly rubbed off on, on, on you, Laura, with the, with the magenta. But fantastic, really great. And I, and I hope that continues because, you know, for our organization and our sales guys, they were like, hold on a minute. Uh, and, and we got them here, so that was great. It is this virtual cycle. I mean, you know, once we can get it started again, um, it's basically a rebuild after pandemic. I mean, ev- the world shut down. We have yeah, to recognize yeah, that. Yeah. You can't snap your fingers and it just happens again. It's a lot of work. Yeah. But this is a great first step, and we're super, super excited. Uh, great facility, great lineup, yeah. uh, the, the place to come to do business, and, you know, yeah. the anecdotal evidence so far, one day is very, very successful. Yeah, totally, totally. But what are you seeing in the rest of the world now? So we've spoken about North America here, we touched on Barcelona. What about the rest of it? Because there is more, as we said before, constraints on, on particularly in Asia. Yes, and we have these amazing 360 events. I don't know if you've ever been to any of them, but we we hold them regionally. We did one in Riyadh this year. We've just done one in APAC, which was amazingly well attended. So we're recognizing that with the MWC series, again, this great opportunity to bring people together and convene a whole whole industry, but then leveraging these uh, regional moments to maybe talk a little bit more in depth about very regionally focused issues, policies, mm-hmm. etc. And so we're creating these moments through the year in in kind of the lead up to Barcelona. Correct. I yeah, guess. Yeah. 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 We set we set the agenda in Barcelona, mm-hmm. and then it carries through. Obviously, this year we weren't able to go to Shanghai in, in June like we normally would. Yeah. But we went to Singapore. Uh, we, as Laura mentioned, we went to Riyadh. We'll go back to LATAM uh, in November. Yeah. Uh, in October, we'll go to Africa. So we have this uh, this great lead up, uh, and then the tail continues around yeah. Barcelona. We'll set the agenda again, and then take yeah. it to parts uh, you know around the world. I think it's great. I think what well, you've got me thinking now of something, and I've discussed it several times today, particularly with Canadians. We've had two Canadians come in. In North America, they tend to lump Canada and the United States together, but there's a very distinct, more than ever now, mindset and sort of technical uh, realization in Canada. And I think it was recently I was with our uh, Canadian teams. Maybe there's something in Toronto on the 360. You'd get a chance to go back home. I promise they didn't ask him to say that. <laughs> As, am I the third Canadian in the booth today then? You are the third Canadian I am just today. so yeah. happy to hear that, that Canadians are coming out and that they're here and supporting the show. <laughs> and you're right, we shouldn't all be lumped together. But, but North America is an important market, isn't it? So um, however we decide to work that out, the Canadians are welcome no matter where we are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the Americans. And the Americans. Yes, yeah. What's going to happen next year? We're staying in Las Vegas? Yes. Yeah? Uh, I showed Mayor Goodman that uh, on the back of our badge, you know, we have the date, and she goes, well, my job is done. I don't <laughs> even have to come and speak. And I said, no, we're thrilled. And, uh, you know, we think that this is a great location for us now. The new facility was the big driver because right. we couldn't, you know, Barcelona's our anchor. Uh, we have to spread them out. And, frankly, the fall was just full. Yeah. So this new facility allows us to come into a state-of-the-art facility. We had a great date, so we'll be back next year and uh, for years to come. 
All right, excellent, excellent. Well, I, and long may it continue. And, and once again, thank you for helping us or supporting us with the great indoors. It's like a labor of love that we keep it's prime pushing. location. I don't know. I don't know. How'd you get this prime location here? <laughs> I, I, it was great. I don't know. We got here and we were like, and, and the jumbotron you have yeah. is, is enormous and, and incredible. And then when we saw our great indoors up on there, I was uh, sending it back to my children and, uh, and things like that. And now so they think impressive. you're cool, right? Now they, I think so. I hope so. <laughs> they won't tell me that. They won't tell me that. We've had a great first day. We've got two other great days to, ahead of us. We've already done almost as many interviews as we did in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. uh, so it's been fantastic. Now, we finish the interview with our fun TGI to go around, where I'm going to ask both of you the same question and you give me your preference. And it's just a bit of fun and we add it in uh, to the end. So are you ready for TGI to go? Ready, ready. OK, this is, this, is our, this is our big hit of 2022. TGI to go. First question to you, Laura. Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin? I think you knew that one was coming. Dean Martin. Dean Martin. You're the first one who said Dean Martin today. Is that right? Yeah. I found him very charming. Yeah, excellent. John, same I'm question? A, no, I'm a Frank guy. Yeah. Okay, there Frank you go. Guy. He'll be back here again tomorrow yeah. at 3 o'clock. Okay. For you, John, poker or blackjack? Blackjack. Yeah? Yeah. Have you had any chances to indulge? Uh, in no, a, in a... no. I was uh, waiting for a colleague to go to dinner last night, so I threw a twenty in the progressive uh, slot, and right. you know, I, I I made my donation. Oh right, okay. Did you win? I made my donation. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, blackjack. Yeah. I don't know how to play poker. Okay. So, yeah, that's it for me. I don't know how to do either. As uh, I need to learn, particularly if I'm, you know, I like Vegas so much. Okay, Laura, this one's for you. And this was really funny actually, but yoga or swimming? Swimming. Okay. And did you have you are you staying at the resort world? It's what a fantastic pool. I haven't there. been up yet. Oh, no, neither have I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if my wife's listening, I've been nowhere near any pool of any sort uh, so far. In sunny uh, Vegas. But it's really it's really nice from what I've heard. Uh, John, yoga or swimming? Hiking. Or hiking. Yes. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. But I tell you what's interesting. This is another interesting thing, and again, it's it's something that I think is a credit to Las Vegas. My team is spread out all over North America, so we're going to stay an extra day, and we're going to do a team building event. Nice. Right. So what, that throws open so many different opportunities in Las Vegas. But the one thing we found, and we haven't booked it yet, although I think they want to do it, is something called goat yoga. Yes, I've heard about it. Have you heard it? You yes. do yoga in the desert with goats, and they climb on your they back. Climb on your back, yes. Yeah. I would suggest goat yoga followed by indoor skydiving. Oh, yeah. That's uh, just it's right, right down down the street. street. And yeah. it's phenomenal. Oh, really? Absolutely. Okay. What about goat indoor skydiving? That could be something. That could be a first. It would be a first. It's really cool that you're taking your team on a uh, team building exercise. I'm, I'm keeping my team for an extra day, and we're doing business planning. Oh, are you? Yeah, it's the same. It's uh, almost the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I positioned it as uh, team building. There's an element of business planning in yeah. there. But, uh, I'm doing like real business planning, like, oh, well, yeah. numbers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 
strategies and numbers. Pulling potential out of yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. exactly, exactly. Then they can go goat yogging after. Yeah, exactly. they'll need it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this one's for you, Laura. Vancouver or Toronto? Oh. I'm a Canadian and I love both of those cities, but I grew up and, and have lived in Toronto, so I suppose I'd have to say Toronto. Okay, okay. No, that's a good one. And the final one, John, this one's for you. Hawaii or Ibiza? Um, wow, Ibiza. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, only because it's part of the country that, you know, I spend a lot more time. I don't really get to Hawaii. I've been a few times, but... Yeah. Uh, Cool. Well, listen, thank you for taking part in our TGI to go. It's a little bit different, right? We've come to the end now, but any last thoughts that you want to impart on the listeners and the people at the show before we conclude? Just that it's a, like, it's a real honor to be here. I, I have only been a couple of years in this industry and I have learned so much in the one day that I've been here. And I really do think it's a, it's in a really electric time to be a part of this industry and that we're looking at the future as we sit here, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it's fantastic, yeah. You know, Matthew, it's, um, we kind of say MWC, the, the place to do business, which is very true, and I've been around for a long time. I mean, I've done the 1G, the 2G, 3G, 4G, 5G, I said I'm not gonna do six. There are, there are several step changes. You know, one to two is a huge step change. When we moved to digital, um, two to three slash four, we moved into the data era, and 5G now is an immense opportunity for all of us. Yeah. So you combine those opportunities with the place to do business coming together like this, and I couldn't be more excited. Um, and yeah. we love the facility. We love Las Vegas. So we'll uh, we'll we'll yeah. see where the the future holds. And and I tell you the one thing I picked up today. Like you said, in that step change between four and five, and, and I think because of the pandemic, the one thing I notice now is there's an almost altruistic, almost an inherent obligation from everybody here to help serve the communities that they serve or, or to help support them and help even go after the world's greatest challenges like climate change. That's right. It's no longer just tech for dollars and cents. Okay, the dollars and cents helps, but there's a, a tech for good notion that permeates Everybody I've spoken to, I mean, uh, Jeff from AT&T and the Digital Divide, Dr. Kaisha King from T-Mobile, again mm. talking about education and immersive experiences from T-Mobile. I had the chats from uh, uh, Williots that are doing the ambient IoT tags that can help fix climate change and all of these things. So that new drive of tech for good, everyone feels great about it. Right. It's, I think for years, technology was the bad guy, our kids were spending too much time gaming or on social media. Now there's this sweep, like you said, as part of that step change where how do we make the world a better place? And I truly believe it. It's, it's really Pay forward. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Pay forward. That's why we're here. Yeah. Well, look, I look, for, I, I look forward to seeing you again very soon. I want to say thank you for supporting Amdocs and the Great Indoors. It's been a fabulous show so far. We're only into day one. So thank you very much, Laura. Thank you very much, John. Pleasure. Thanks for having us. Okay, so our, our, our next guest here at MWC 2022 from BT is Mr. Adam Schnick. Adam, welcome to The Great Indoors. 
Adam Schink. Oh, Schink. Sorry, my apologies. Close, close. that's yeah. okay. I get called lots of different names. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. That's that's great. So, Adam, welcome. Great to have you here. Thank you very much. Glad now, to be here. Give us a bit of a background on your role uh, for BT, because I understand you're a Canadian who is in Great Britain and is now in New York. Yeah, just like to confuse everybody. Yeah, well, that's yeah, cool. Canadian that's cool. mixed with British accent. <laughs> <laughs> bit of American now. Yeah. And tell us what you do for, for BT. Sure. So I head up our startup scouting for BT, uh, positioned, as you said, in New York City. Uh, so a big part of my role is building out our ecosystem over here in the U.S. Uh, so I liaise quite frequently with a lot of the venture capital firms, um, also with uh, telcos as well. So I've got close relationships with the U.S. telcos over here, which is great. Mixture between looking at strategy, uh, both investment and partnership. Uh, we look at kind of new markets that BT potentially could move into. And having someone on the ground over here, um, really big overarching key part of the role is reading the tea leaves. Where is mm -hmm. tech going? You know, where are those advancements happening? Um, where else could potential telcos move into new markets? Um, overall, I love my job. It's quite a lot of fun. Well, it, it sounds really amazing yeah, and you know we're heavily invested in the startup world of course in in israel Fantastic. Um, and we'll get into it in a second because it's I'm, I'm really keen to hear some real great examples of of, of people you've scouted recently mm -hmm. but yourself personally what's the biggest innovation that's touched you over the last 12 months mm. um so i would say there's probably a couple um a close family member a family member of mine has cerebral palsy oh. uh, and my aunt also had cerebral palsy and so seeing the advancements that are happening in the medical space you know outside of the kind of telco world uh, both in surgical but also the education um, is i think you know something that's quite close to my heart I would say, you know, personally, um, outside of that example, I would say, you know, the advancements of what's been happening with COVID, you know, working wherever, whenever. So both, you know, the, the collaboration platforms that are out now, but also that societal shift, you know, our company very much is a hybrid environment now. Mm -hmm. um, I've obviously traveled quite frequently with work. So being able to kind of tie into the team, Phil's still very connected. A lot of our scout up, uh, startup scouting is actually based over in the UK. So a, a huge part of our team is over there. So being able to kind of work with them and collaborate and feel, you know, connected, mm -hmm. even though we're nowhere close to each other anymore. So I would say that is another one for me. Excellent. Now, this is this is uh, a question we, we we didn't script, but I was in Seattle uh, a couple of weeks ago. We were at Chet and Sharma's Mobile Future Forward event, and I was sat with a venture capitalist at dinner, uh, who is an American, but he he was really heavily invested in New Zealand. He saw New Zealand as being a heavy startup uh, culture. Cool. Obviously, I talked about Israel right at the beginning there. What's, where's hot right now mm. from that perspective, geographically? That's interesting. And I, it, it's not one location. I think what's really neat is what's happened. You know, a lot of it was concentrated in the valley, and we had a, a pretty big startup scouting team over there, which now has been you know pulled back into the UK. So I see actually London as a really cool startup scene. Um, so it's got the pillars of you know, the financial sector uh, there, but what's really happened is you know all kinds of different tech has come out so a lot of the vcs were investing very heavily in fintech obviously based on 
uh, London being London. Uh, but now we're actually seeing a lot more really cool robotic companies being based out there, you know, educational companies being based out there. So that mm -hmm. was a huge move for us actually moving our tech scouting team back into Europe. So I'm, you know, pretty bullish on London. Um, right. But if we talk about the U.S., what's also really cool is you're starting to see these pockets like Nashville. Obviously, everyone talks about Austin as well. You're seeing that migration of people and that tech move from California uh, back out, you know, around all kinds of places in the US. So we see really cool companies all throughout the Americas, not just in the Valley, although there's obviously a very great concentration yeah. in tech and I'm out there all the time too. So I love the Valley. It's nothing against it. It's just, mm. yeah, there's been a total shift that's been happening. No, it's, it's really interesting. It's really interesting to see, like you said, where those shifts and trends are happening. Now you talked about healthcare and medicine before, mm -hmm. and it was something we talked about right on our first episode today mm. uh, was about um, education. But what are you, when we talk about the tea leaves that like you mm -hmm. said that what are you looking for right now what mm -hmm. what to you is something you're actively scouting for yeah absolutely so we get involved with the business. A lot of our role is actually internal business development as well. So I have a fantastic director that's part of that senior leadership team. Mm -hmm. And really what both of us have been working in the startup scene for a long time. And with that comes experience. And with that comes, you don't want to really mess around with startups. You want to make sure that you're, they don't have unlimited time. Um, so we want to make sure that we're utilizing that time efficiently. So we work with the business to identify what are those key strategic areas that the company wants to move forward in. And we don't really um, move forward in seriousness until we have that agreement um, and those spaces that the company is looking to fulfill. Right. So if we focus in what those verticals are, it could be things like fintech, health, uh, cybersecurity is one for us that's very active as well. Uh, we have a drones team, uh, so that is another area that we actively scout for, but we're seeing you know, industry 4.0, IoT world. So we work with that business unit to really identify what they're looking for. We write a brief, we get out to the market, and then we get engaged with that startup ecosystem doesn't mean that we don't do the push into the business so if we see something that's really fantastic we do bring that forward as well uh, but we make sure that we're very much being truthful with that startup saying hey we recognize this is something that does fit you know it may not be you know a deal we're going to sign tomorrow but let's create some excitement internally and you know often we'll see that startup mm -hmm. sign a deal maybe like six months later with the organization we weren't even involved in it but we did that introduction which is really right. cool to see that happen as and well. are you bringing some of those startups into BT itself. Is yes. BT harnessing those for any propositions it's putting out to market? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, a huge push, I mean, our gravitational pull, we're in 180 countries, so we are um, all over the globe. A uh, huge gravitational push, though, is obviously the UK being British Telecom. Um, so a lot of the startups that we do scout for are actively coming out of the US or wherever we locate them, and then we help scale them through the UK. Okay. And we're, we're meeting a lot of startups this week and, and, um, uh, and interviewing uh, m many of those uh, people involved in them. We're also part of the 5G Open Innovation Lab, which cool. is up in, uh, up in Seattle and uh, a lot of startups there. But when you recommend startups, when you spot them, and you say, this is something, what happens then? What's the process yep. from a BT perspective and from your own person? Because like you said, it's great to get excited about it. It's great to... Yeah. But what happens next? Yeah, and and you're really hitting on something that is like close to my heart. You know, again, we don't want to mess around with that startup. We want to make sure that it's like, you know, we're, we're not wasting their time. Um, so we very much, once we identify that space that we're looking after, cyber, 
health, whatever it may be, get out, scout, uh, pull a list of startups together uh, for the business. We appraise them uh, together with that business. Um, and it's really starting to like take that funnel from quite wide uh, yeah. and bring it down to you know just a few. Uh, once we kind of have shortlisted, uh, we do a pitch session uh, with the right people. So again, it's, it's not wasting time. It's making sure that everyone that needs to make a decision is at that table. We're all in it together as an organization. We appraise them you know, quite rapidly, so it speeds up that RFP process, and then whittle it down, and then we start getting into negotiations as well, and we do look at investment. Okay. Um, if it is an avenue that's of interest to the startup, uh, also for ourselves as well. And, and you talked right at the, at the beginning in your introduction uh, there, Adam, about working with other service providers mm-hmm. around the world. Yep. We're in the United States, how actively involved are you with with the big three or even beyond that? Yeah, um, so I actually represent BT on the Telco Council. Uh, so it's a group of telecommunication providers. Uh, we meet usually every couple months or so. Um, and the whole idea is collaboration, right? So we don't compete with each other. Um, you know, Verizon's a little bit over in the UK, for instance. We're a little bit over in the US as well. But you know, primarily, we're not competing direct, direct. Um, so it is a nice place to be because if we're seeing you know great tech, we can let them know and vice versa. So we have that collaboration with uh, many of the telcos over here in the U.S., but also the telco council is not just U.S. focused. Um, so we have organizations from all over the globe that mm-hmm. may have people similar to me based out here, whether it's in the Valley or, or elsewhere as well. So it's it's okay. a really neat organization to be a part of. Now, we talked about the startup culture in a number of different countries and obviously you've got experience all over the world. One of the other things that we've been focusing on, particularly US-based, is the race to 5G and the Mm -hmm. huge investment in the 5G networks and the rollout. From your time in, in, in England, what do you see as the biggest differences between where the US is right now and where the UK is or could potentially be? Because, and, and the reason I ask this question is because when I lived in the United Kingdom, when it was the 3G and 4G networks, they were very advanced and there was a lot of innovation coming through. And then there was a huge push in the United States mm-hmm. to get these networks rolled up. What, what are the biggest either cultural or technical differences you see between the two markets? And indeed, by the way, even in Canada as a native mm-hmm. Canadian. Yeah, I guess maybe technical differences may not be something that you know I can really think of right now. But I would say, you know, the the countries are quite different, right? So um, size of country uh, is very different, you know, UK to US. And Mm -hmm. so you're starting to see innovations kind of popping up that, you know, very much are based around that. I mean, our rollout is going very well over in the UK. Um, So, you know, we are very much looking at how similar to in the US market, how you move further into the stack. You know, so it could be, you know, robotic systems, it could be drones, it could be all kinds of really interesting ways that you can, you know, leverage that 5G and edge compute investment and then go further down into these new sectors as well. And we're starting to see that a lot. You know, there's a lot of similarities with the telcos over here as well. They may be looking at different markets, you know, so for us, um, if we look at, you know, autonomous vehicles, for instance, you know, our network is very heavily based in the UK. Um, so for us, you know, moving into autonomous, like people carrying vehicles, et cetera, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. We have stuff going on in drones, um, which is a bit of a different use case. Uh, but, you know, over here, there 
working very much and moving further into that autonomous vehicle mm -hmm. space as well. So again, it's kind of, they're leveraging the same kind of technologies that we're talking about, yeah. but it could be actually the, the new markets that they're looking at is a bit different. You know, what's really interesting, if, if we turn the clock back 12 months and we met with, he's now the CEO of Verizon Business and we mm -hmm. talked about 5G, we focused predominantly on fixed wireless access, rural connectivity, mm -hmm. B2B, private enterprise network. Yep. You're, you're the third person I've spoken to today, Adam, and we're mm -hmm. all, already moved on into autonomous cars, mm -hmm. the new world of telemedicine, mm -hmm. immersive educational experiences, mm -hmm. the metaverse is everywhere, mm -hmm. right? In fact, even this week, we, we are going to meet, uh, meet Halo, who have a license for autonomous cabs here in, in uh, yeah, Las cool, Vegas. Cool. For you personally, what's the biggest exciting innovation that this 5G 4.0 mm. new world brings from yeah. a personal perspective. From a personal perspective. Yeah. So I used to actually lead our drone division back in the UK. Okay. Uh, so we're equipping uh, these highways essentially in the sky with the right sensing technologies, layer communications, looking at the edge compute layer within there as well, along with how you're going to tie in drones with manned aviation. So there's a software layer called UTM, Unmanned right. Traffic Management, that kind of layers in and actually brings in that full picture together. Um, so bring in all these different technologies that enable drones to go beyond visual on a site. Um, so that's a huge barrier that's existing within that uh, industry. You know, if you want to do Amazon delivery, if you want to do medical delivery, if you want to do all of that, you need to kind of underpin the technologies that bring all of that together. So yeah. it's a really neat use case on the kind of 5G and also yeah. layered in with other communications as well because you need some backhaul into that suite of technologies too. So it's a really cool one. I mean, I was very close to it. So, you know, it's very easy for me to kind of pull in that direction. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all the kind of different areas that we scout for all have these kind of nuggets really. That's really cool. I never would have even thought about it. You never yeah. would have saw the technology moving that way. A lot of the work I do now is in cybersecurity and, you know, hackers have all kinds of different technologies now um, so and the, different and more points of entry. Right? Absolutely, yeah. you know. So like the advances that are happening in artificial intelligence, machine learning, you know, keeping up with that. So you know, even before a breach happens, you know, we're very active in that space too. So just really depends on the tech. You know, I always find really kind of interesting, cool areas that you know I wouldn't have known about um, yeah. that I find personally really interesting. Cool. And are you looking for startups today? We are. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Any of these events that we're at. You know, we're looking for startups, um, again, in those those areas. You know, they're very much new spaces for us, other than cybersecurity has been around for quite a long time. Health is a very new space for us. Drones, you know, has been incubated over the last couple of years. FinTech is very active for us. You know, we're yeah. never going to be a bank, but, you know, we're very much looking at how we can service some of our customers. Yeah. So anything that's kind of disrupting the banking sector, you know, of interest as well. So, yep, definitely out here looking for companies. Well, Adam, I think you've got a wonderful job. It sounds amazing. And as a technologist, to, like you said, be turning over these rocks to find those mm -hmm. gems, it must be tremendously exciting. Yeah, it's great. Love it. Okay, so we're going to, what we do now yep. is our quick fire TGI to go round. Yep. The great indoors to go. I'm excited slash worried about this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> normally, normally we'd ask 10 questions, but because we're doing like a, 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 the, the number of interviews, we're only going to do five. Okay. okay. So it's a multiple choice. 
Mm. You just tell us your preference of the two things. TGI to go. Question one. Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin? Ooh, Frank Sinatra. That's good. That's good. But a lot of people already said to me, who's Dean Martin? I'm like, what? <laughs> really? Anyway, there we go. But we'll, we, we'll have Frank Sinatra later here at 3 p.m., by the way. Oh, great. It's amazing what technology can dig up. Um, next question, question two. The win or the Bellagio? Mm, I would say win. Yeah? Yep. Next question, a bit more of food-related, if you're enjoying the culinary delights here of Las Vegas. Sushi or Italian? Ooh, sushi. Definitely sushi. So okay. many different restaurants. Oh, I should have asked you this one instead, actually. Go. Fish and chips or curry? Ooh, curry. Oh, that's a tough one. Is you lived in good, London. You it, lived in London. Is it a good fish and chips or is it a mediocre? This is on a scale. And same thing with same the curry. curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's a trick question. Yeah. I would lean towards... If you were, if you were back in London, uh, if you were in Monsworth... I think I would go for a curry. Yeah. Yep. That's a good choice. Mm. Good choice. Another Vegas-related one, slots or roulette? Neither. I'm no, with you on that one. I can't. I, I, can't, yeah. I can't. Yeah, it's yeah. just not my thing. No, You'll find me with a glass of wine in a bar. My uh, relatives love to gamble. Yeah. And it, I last about 10 minutes. <laughs> And then me and my partner have to find the nearest bar for a drink <laughs> and pull us out of it. <laughs> I'm with you on that I'm, one. I'm going to get hated for yeah. that. <laughs> and the final one, running or kayaking? Oh, oh both. Yeah? Both. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not built like a runner. Right. Um, I've been learning to try and bring that into my life again. Uh, love kayaking. When I was younger, I used to run a kayaking tour company. So, yeah, I'd probably lean towards kayaking given yeah. my build, but... I'm brilliant can run as well okay well look adam it's been great to meet you it's been great to have this conversation do you have any last thoughts for our listeners before we close today uh very excited to meet anyone here uh, startup or non-startup um, any of the telcos vcs etc would love to catch up with them for a coffee lunch dinner whatever it may be yeah yeah and we'll put for this in the show notes we'll put all your contact details as well so. yeah sounds great perfect right. okay well, thank, thank you adam you so brilliant much. pleasure so what another great couple of conversations from MWC Las Vegas 2022. Stay tuned for more and also check out www.amdocs.com forward slash the great indoors for more information, back episodes and videos associated with TGI. There's a new video out there, by the way. It's pretty cool. I'm Matthew Roberts in Las Vegas for Amdocs. See you next time, wherever you are. <laughs>